Welcome back to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, sitting around the table again, our usual, as some podcasts say, cast of characters, Dave Arnold, Scott Slater, Tim Michelangeli, Spencer Snow, and we are here continuing our study through the Baptist faith and message. Uh, we talked last week about baptism and the Lord's Supper. This week, we want to move on to the next chapter, um, which talks about the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day, that's actually a whole chapter section. And uh, yeah, it, it opens up this way, the uh, this section of the what the Baptist faith and message is. The first day of the week is the Lord's Day. It is a Christian institution for regular observance. It commemorates the resurrection of Christ from the dead and should include exercises of worship and spiritual devotion, both public and private. Activities on the Lord's Day should be commensurate with the Christian's conscience under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So, quick question like we did last week um, about baptism and the Lord's Supper. So what? Why is this in a statement of faith for a denomination? Why is why why should we take the time to include a statement on the Lord's Day in a statement of what you should closely identify with in order to participate in the Southern Baptist Convention? Why is that important? Ten Commandments. Yeah. God said one day out of seven is a day set aside. Rest and you know the Sabbath was instituted before the fall, right? As right. marriage was, and so yeah, yeah, and so that's the biblical rooting. And so why? But what practical manifestation? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is that is it is it is it really that big of a deal? You think for us the day in which we worship, or I mean, I guess because I would say a lot of churches today, this is one. This is one thing that is definitely a way out of vogue. Mm-hmm. It's no longer fashionable. You see a lot of churches that do Saturday night services, mm-hmm. or they do whatever other services. Um, and the Lord's Day, the, at least the the Baptist faith and message understanding of it, and this is even um, somewhat watered down from the past. Um, I think even I think this this article I could be wrong, but I think past editions of the Baptist faith and message from like twenty five and sixty three were even stricter mm. than even the two thousand edition was. Um, so I, I guess because in our society today and, and in current Christianity, I would say this is not a big topic of concern mm-hmm. amongst a lot of Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know Thomas Shepard, the uh, Puritan, New England Puritan, he called the Lord's Day the recovery day that that the Lord has given us a gift. It's a gift of his grace for a day of recovery from kind of the, to help us reboot, if you will. He, he didn't use that language, but the idea is a kind of renewal recovery as we get ready to face a new week, but we look back and we, we realize that we've fallen short in our sinfulness, and yet Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath and the fact that he, resurrect, he was resurrected on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, which is why it's inaugurated and it changed from that Jewish Sabbath to the Lord's Day, it's a day of recovery. It's a day of rest. It's actually good for us. Mm-hmm. We need it. <laughs> right, right. So let's talk about the, first of all, just quickly talk, walk through the Lord's Day. The first thing is it says here the time. It is the first day of the week. 
um, Tim, you were, you were, you kind of did not know what day of the week it was before the podcast. You were saying that, right? Yeah, you, you didn't guys, know. You guys had to help me. You didn't know what day it was. So that's actually on the first day of the week. Um, Sunday's the first day. Yeah, the first day. Who decided <clears throat> that? Right. It's been Who, like that for a long time. Why isn't it Wednesday? That's a good question. Why do you think? I don't know. <laughs> so I mean, in uh, in the like creation story, did right. it name the days? Well, first day, second day, third day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But he said first day is Sunday. What if the first day was Wednesday? Oh well, it doesn't say Sunday. Well, it doesn't say that. The this seventh, is the first day. They of the said week. that the seventh day was the Sabbath day, mm-hmm. and yeah. the Sabbath was on Saturday, according to Jewish tradition, which is goes back a long time. <laughs> according to the <laughs> saying. <laughs> In antiquity, I don't know what we're doing here. Okay, yeah. I don't know. We're debating the important being, issues. Yeah, he's being very facetious and, right in now. In antiquity, <laughs> the Sunday was the first day in the Roman calendar. Mm-hmm. The sun, you know, solus day. Mm-hmm. The Gregorian the calendar, it's called. That's what we do. The Gregorian calendar, yeah, which comes from the Roman calendar. There's Gregorian chanting. There is Gregorian. Good job, that, Scott. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I just made noises. You could do a clap on that. I didn't know if that was Gregorian chant or a whale, so I'm not. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, he just said Taco Bell, but that was weird. Yeah, he did just have Taco Bell. You know what? If I can't Gregorian chant, well, I don't think I'm really missing out on it. <laughs> so when we're talking about the Lord's Day, we're first of all talking about the first day of the week. So this is seeing, saying first of all that the first day of the week is unique in the weekly calendar, right? Um, so, uh, that's the first thing to get out of the way. We, as Christians don't observe the, the seventh day of the week. Don't, uh, Muslims worship on Friday. Yeah. Correct. So the Muslim holy day is Friday. Mm-hmm. We, as believers in the new Testament period worship on the first day of the week, and it is called the Lord's day. And that's rooted from revelation chapter one, verse 10. Mm-hmm. John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, the day that the Lord owned mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense. And go ahead. Also in Acts, Acts 20, verse 7, says on the first day of the week when we gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them and taking right. part of the mm-hmm. next right. It seems as if we have a tradition there very early on of the church meeting on that first well, day. Well, and mm-hmm. I think it starts obviously on the resurrection. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, the resurrection. Yeah. And yeah, then when Jesus <clears throat> shows himself. Right. And yeah. then he shows himself the next first day of yeah, the week is when he shows himself to Thomas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pentecost, I believe I've heard, was the yep. first day of the week. Yep. It was on the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, you read consistently in Acts on the first day of the week. You read in First Corinthians chapter 16, on the first day of the week, mm-hmm. lay aside your offerings. And um, Passover too, Passover started on the first day of the week. And I think it's Edwards that did a study on this, believes that the Exodus, the first day they left Egypt was on the first hmm. day of the week. Hmm. I haven't studied that myself, but just a reference there. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so there is there's um consistent evidence in the New Testament that early believers the church gathered on the first day of the week to they left behind uh the seventh day because they saw it has been uh, something so new has happened in Jesus Christ that it, it demands a a new adjustment to a, a, the first day of the week for worship. Second of all, it says not simply about the time in the Baptist faith and message, but it it actually talks about an obligation of sorts, it says that the Lord's Day is a Christian institution for regular observance. It is a Christian institution for regular observance. Hebrews 10, uh, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together is what comes to mind, right? It's something we are called to. We talk about this a lot, but 
There are no Lone Ranger Christians out there. We are called to assemble together. Uh, what we see in the New Testament are local bodies assembling together. So you have like Ephesus, Ephesians. It's a church there in that town, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have that with all the all the different letters. Uh, and so we can't meet globally. We can't meet as the church, the Catholic church. We can't, we can't do that. There's just no way to do that. Uh, so we seem to meet locally Mm -hmm. and the Bible, I mean, we see it with Paul's writings. He talks about you're the body of Christ and you serve and how all these local bodies have what they need to have, right. To, to serve together. And so there's this idea of being together. And then we see this where you should be assembling together, serving together and coming together to do Lord's Supper, like we talked about last week, and baptisms and stuff. And it seems to be on that first day of the week. And so it seems to be like a command to do that. Come and do this together. Mm-hmm. That reference in Hebrews 10 that you mentioned, Tim, is Hebrews 25. 10, 24 and 25. And it says, And let us consider how to stir one another to love, uh, stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, right? And so that that meeting together is is used to stirring one another up to love and good works, is used to encourage one another. Yeah, and the writer of Hebrews there is addressing a problem too, because he says some of you already are not doing this. Yeah, you're not meeting together, and you're, like, also, you're like, oh, I got my ticket, I'm not, I'm yeah. good, and, and it's like, no. And addressing that is addressing a bigger problem that's going on in Hebrews that's underneath the entire framework of warning them from drifting away, mm-hmm. warning them from from falling away. Mm-hmm. And it seems in Hebrews that one of the primary tools God has given you to stand firm are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. And the way in which you um, encourage one another and help one another stand firm is by meeting together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and that's exactly like you see that in the book of Acts, the church meeting together, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the prayers, the breaking of bread, things right. like that. Right. So, <clears throat> I pulled this from Herschel York, who is a does he still teach? Still teaches at Southern Seminary? Yeah, so. yeah, and he's a pastor. <clears throat> um, and he wrote this uh, for the article uh, in the exposition of the Baptist faith and message. Uh, that I give to you guys too. And uh, he gives some background about why, um, about the, the argument for why we would believe the fact that the Lord, um, you know, that this is a Christian institution for regular observance. Because one of the things he says uh, in this article, he says, uh, some Christians suggest that the Bible teaches that Sunday has replaced Saturday and serves as a Christian Sabbath, but admittedly, this is nowhere clearly taught in the Bible. So why do Christians speak of the Lord's Day and worship on Sunday rather than on Saturday? The answer to this important question lies in several biblical principles and practices rather than in any clear teaching or mandate of Scripture. The first thing he points out is that he says Christians need to understand that the principle of a day of rest after six days of work is rooted not in the law of Moses, but in creation. So it takes us all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. The Lord works on six days in creating the world, and on the seventh day, you read that he sets it apart and makes it holy. Mm -hmm. He sets it apart. And whenever God sets something aside as holy, it says here, he um, finished his work. He rested on the seventh day. He blessed the seventh day, made it holy. Mm -hmm. 
the idea of making something holy is setting it apart mm-hmm. for holy use. So the seventh day, even at creation, before sin came in the world, there was a sense in which it was set apart for holy purposes that the other six days were not set apart mm-hmm. for. And nothing was made on the seventh day. It was just um, a day of uh, communion and of fellowship with God. Um on the seventh day in creation. And this is really important because some people think the Sabbath idea is simply rooted in the old, in the Mosaic covenant. Um, and that the first time we ever hear about this principle is, is in, um, well, Exodus chapter 16, where the, where Moses tells the Israelites to take a Sabbath, um, or the fourth commandment of the 10 commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But, um, Herschel York is arguing that actually this whole principle of resting after six days of work is actually part and parcel of what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. So uh, you'll read some theologians <clears throat> uh, like John Murray who argues that at the creation, God created multiple ordinances or institutions, one of which is the family, mm-hmm. man and woman and marriage, family. Another is work, and another one is Sabbath. Yeah. And those are all part of what it means to be, <laughs> to live in a created world, mm-hmm. um, and such. Um, and, and the fact that it was God's, it's, it's, or it or it originates in him. It was his idea, just right. like marriage is his idea and work. Mm-hmm. Um, and like anything else, sin affected, like everything else, sin has affected it, you know? And so right. thus we have a difficult time resting <laughs> and yeah. taking time off. And setting aside a day. Right. Well, that's very important because at the very beginning, God didn't give this to be a burden. It was meant to be a blessing to Adam and Eve. Um, mm. to, to It was a gift instead of a, yeah. a law, mm-hmm. um, right? <clears throat> he says, secondly, even though we should observe a day of rest, we are not bound by the legal qualifications of the Sabbath as given in the law of Moses. Mm-hmm. So there is a sense in which under Moses, God adds a strictness to keeping the law. Like for instance, you couldn't go out and gather sticks. And part of the point was, is God was trying to make sure that they, they didn't violate this principle because he knew they were so stubborn mm-hmm. that they were going to go out and try to <laughs> break it every which way they could get around it. And God had strict regulations, right? Whenever someone went out and gathered sticks in, uh, is it numbers? They were stoned because they were blatantly resisting the Lord mm-hmm. and disregarding his commandments. And, um, and so there is a sense in which um, they had there was a strictness to the old covenant, to, especially under Moses. But that was designed to be strict, to teach them um, uh, in ways uh, about the importance of God's law. But we're not re- we're not bound by all of those mm-hmm. regulations. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees and Sadducees even upped it more. <laughs> right, they added right. more restrictions, and Jesus obviously countered that by saying, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Right. It's not made, it's made for you. I created it. It's for, you know, a gift. Yeah, man was not made for the Sabbath, yeah. but the Sabbath was made for, man. for mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, thirdly, he, he argues that, um, he says, even though there is no clear teaching in Scripture that changed the day of worship from Saturday to Sunday, there is unambiguous evidence that the early church met to worship on the first day of the week. We've talked about those. Um, whether it be the resurrection appearances or in Acts or in 1 Corinthians 16, 2. um, There's unambiguous evidence throughout that the church met to worship on the first day of the week. And then lastly, he says, like the early church, we commemorate the resurrection of Christ by engaging in corporate worship on the first day of the week. Um, So that's that's his uh, argument 
for why uh, the first day of the week is so important uh, for the for Christian faith and practice um, today. Any thoughts, further thoughts on that or questions or whatever? Sorry, I was texting. I know. You need to take a rest from that. <laughs> I would like to, but people keep texting me. It was work-related. Did that help? It was work-related? It wasn't family or anything okay. like that. Okay, all right, well. Ask again. Okay, I, do, so, I do have a thought. Whatever okay, it is, go ahead. I'll have a thought. Okay. I, just no, asking, I need to hear the question first. In light of all those things I just read, which maybe you didn't have, I'm sure you will have a thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Questions. Of, yeah. yeah. I guess I shouldn't assume that from you. But um, <clears throat> but uh, I guess anybody, like any other thoughts about the any of those four things that he just listed about principles about why, you know, rooted in creation, we don't have to follow the strictness of the Mosaic uh, commands. But the early church did meet on the first day of the week, and we remember Christ's resurrection by corporately gathering on the first day of the week. Yeah, I think the hardest one is what you guys were mentioning about, like, how do we get away from that law, you know, of of not collecting sticks like you were talking about, and how Jesus then said he was Lord of the Sabbath, because Jesus seemed to confront confront them, mm-hmm. right? Because I think he... You know, he he questioned them numerous times. Right? Like, would wouldn't you do this if this happened? Would you not do this? Right. Your animal fell into yeah, a well. Would, a hole, would, you yeah. would you not pick him mm-hmm. up? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so there seems to be pushback where I think some people might say, "Man, is Jesus contradicting uh, the law, the law of Moses?" I thought he came to fulfill all the law, but it seems like he's pushing back against this law here. It seems to be a heart nature involved with the law there, maybe that Jesus is discussing and other things. So. I can see where people would get confused, and it wasn't too long ago. I mean, I can remember a time in my life when it was kind of seen like that. Like, did you mow your grass on Sunday? Like, I I remember hearing that before. Like, you're not supposed to do that stuff mm-hmm. on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was to try to respect this of like this is a day that we that we rest and that we take care. You shouldn't be doing any work. So that's uh, kind of changed now. I mean, I don't hear uh, yeah, that. I don't, I don't hear that. I don't hear that ever <laughs> anymore right. about anything. Uh, which is, I mean, I guess it hasn't been that long ago. I haven't been alive that long, but yeah, it really has changed recently. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say something similar to what I guess you just said that I think it's, I think it can be difficult for Christians to apply the idea of the Lord's day to their lives because that's if, as we talk about it as like a day of rest, like, what does that mean? Like how, how, like, does that mean I can't mow my grass? Does that simply mean that I need to tell my boss at work that I cannot work seven days a week? Um, does it mean that if I am working seven days a week that I am being disobedient to God, you know, and I'm going to be judged for that? Um, you know, when we've been talking about it in terms of like that's the day of the week that the church meets on, right? And so I just think I think the idea of a Sabbath can be difficult for Christians to apply because like one of the things that the the Baptist faith and message does you know, get at, which we might be getting to, is that the Christian's conscience is involved mm-hmm. yeah. um, in that. And so that just kind of makes it difficult. This is one of those things I think we, people tend to want to apply blanketly across the board, and it doesn't seem that that's, that's the intent behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think the biggest thing is that <clears throat> the first commandment deals with who we should worship. You shall have no other gods before me. The second commandment deals with how we worship him. You worship in the way that I tell you. The third commandment deals with our attitude and our whole reverential approach to him. The fourth commandment tells me that God is in charge of my time. Mm. And so 
That principle, broadly based, though, is something I think that because um, what God was doing by controlling, he, he was scheduling for Israel and reminding them under a certain strictness that we are not under. I am the Lord of your time. Recently, um, one of the things Carl Truman has written about, and it was about in regards to Pride Month. And one of the things he said was that what a society gives space and time to mm. will show what they value or what is, what is the most important thing in their society. So the bigger question, the more broad question principally is, what takes up time and space in your life? And if church is getting in the way of your life, you may want to reevaluate it because it's much bigger than simply whether or not I mow my grass, but it is about, are you willing to make sacrifices? Like, what, what are you willing to give up in order to make sure that the gathering of the saints is a priority in your life? Um, and what does your schedule, because Israel's schedule was supposed to show who their Lord was mm. and our schedule and the fact that the Lord is telling us, told Israel, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy because I made the world in six days. And also later on, he tacks on the fact of I redeemed you from Egypt and the Sabbath was meant to be a dual reminder of his creatorship and his redeemership. Similarly, um, what our schedule and time looks like, the Lord is still the Lord of our time. Mm -hmm. And our society today, whenever we work consistently seven days a week, um, if that is the general practice of our lives, I think one of the things we have to ask ourselves is, is do we think, do we think we're God? Because God doesn't need rest, but we do. And actually taking a break, far from being an example of arrogance and selfishness, the Lord was reminding Israel, you need to take a break because it's a reminder of your humility and your need for me. Mm -hmm. And so I just think those bigger principles are much more important um, than simply, you're right, Scott, because then this this can get really ticky, you know, and just, uh, you know, really just checking off things. And also... I think Sinclair Ferguson has said this before. If we're only approaching this question about what I can do, we've kind of approached it already from a legalistic thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of how much can I get out of fellowship with God's people and worshiping him appropriately mm-hmm. and really in, in knowing him better through the, the worship of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, if we approach it by simply asking questions, what can I do and what can't I do? We maybe already have succumbed to a legalistic tendency yeah. that we may have to, to watch yeah. out for, I think. And I think case in point, you know, you were saying that about, about work, Scott, you know, cause certain I've had, you know, as a, as a pastor for in different contexts, I've had people say, well, you know, I'm a nurse or I, you know, I'm, I'm EMT uh, and I, I have to work on Sundays. Am I in violation of, of God's law? And, you know, that's where it gets kind of tough. Cause you, you would, I mean, I, I, I answered that. I said, well, you know, if you, in those fields, if you have to work, I don't think that's a violation in that sense. However, if someone's like volunteers to work on Sunday because they can get overtime, say they're working at Ford or whatever, you know, and as, as a Christian, they're like, I want to make, I want to make that overtime. Then I think that's where it kind of crosses over because you're making a choice basically. I mean, you could say to your employee, Hey, listen, I don't, and I've had, I've had people tell me that I've told my employee I can work, but I can't work on Sunday. And so I think that's a, a noble thing. Now they may say, well, I'm sorry. You know, obviously 
nurses and whatever. That's different. And so you do have to be careful. But I think the principle is, is right. You said, Spencer, we need to be have, we need to have a focus that this is the Lord's day. We can't be distracted. And if you're thinking, oh, I cannot wait to get home and watch Super Bowl, or watch football, you know, then your focus, your, your priority is that rather than being with God's people and hearing mm-hmm. God's word. And that's where we have, that's the conscious thing right there. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, right. I, I mean, this is just me, but, and you guys can disagree with me if you want, but I, I would even go so far as to say that like, if, if you still do have a choice, like whether you're volunteering to work those extra hours on the weekends or your job just requires this of you. Yeah. I mean, as a Christian, because I take the warnings in Hebrew seriously, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if your job regularly requires you to not go and be with God's people, maybe you should consider working somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what else does it mean than to say that God is the Lord of your time? Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. And it, it, I don't think it's a blanket statement saying that you can't work on Sunday. I think we as Christians use the Lord's Day more for Christian fellowship and coming to God's Word, being edified by God's Word with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it doesn't mean you can't work on Sunday. It just means you still need to go to church. You still need to be with God's people. Work in the afternoon or whatever you have to do. But that just that doesn't just apply to jobs. I mean, that applies to so many other things mm-hmm. in our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I would just challenge people: look at a calendar and actually count the number of Sundays you've been to church mm-hmm. in the last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if if it's half or less, I, you need to seriously consider changing some priorities. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to put that on people as a burden to say like you're being disobedient. But I am going to say. You're putting, you might be putting yourself in danger, mm-hmm. you know, of yeah. being led astray or, as Hebrews would say, hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Um, I think it's possible. I would see a more subtle thing that I, I see happen is family, where Sundays become family day. Um, people work, maybe not on Sunday, but they'll work Monday through Saturday. And so then Sunday is declared family day. And like you said, Spencer, before, uh, church life seems to get in the way of my life. Yeah. <clears throat> and so on Sundays, so my day, they'll, they'll make it sound very well. So my kids come over and we have lunch together, you know, and they usually stay over till dinner. So I can't make it on Sunday night or whatever it is. And there's all these excuses and it's like, man, it seems like you're not setting aside anything for God. It's all about you and work and this and, and then your family. But it, to them, it seems like they're doing a holy godly thing because they're being with family Mm -hmm. and it's like no you're you're actually you're actually not and so and i can get caught up in that too i'm i think we're probably all guilty of that uh in a sense Uh, we're being some of the biggest hypocrites in here sunday we work a lot i had four meetings yesterday on sunday (laughs) uh so um but what I find is like Friday is my day off. And I would hear some people, pa- pastors say, well, that's like my day off. This is my Sabbath day. I've never viewed it that way. Maybe right. I should. Uh, Friday is usually a really busy day. It's mowing the grass. It's getting stuff in the yard ready, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And where you can neglect rest or where I could neglect like real time with my family of like resting with my family and enjoying it because you put these other burdens on yourself. Like the grass has to be cut. And my wife has numerous times been like, does it have to? 
And she's probably right, but I don't let her know that. I'm like, yeah, it's got to be I cut. I let her know. <laughs> Amanda, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I don't cut it this, it's going to cause me more work down the road, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We just we just do that. and uh, But that's probably the biggest thing I think. In this area where we live, in automotive country, if you're not making cars seven days a week, you're not a hard worker. Mm-hmm. So we definitely have dealt with that. We definitely have people who deal with that. And I think it's wrong. I don't think it's right. I don't mm-hmm. think it's good. Yeah. Um, in the sports world, I've seen it mm-hmm. where they have kids playing constantly. Yeah. You know, uh, I have kids who run and they get a schedule and there's no day of rest. It's mm-hmm. run every day. Mm-hmm. Your day of rest is two miles instead of four miles or whatever. And it's like, I don't think that's good for our body. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what we're made mm-hmm. made to do, you know, um, maybe, uh, but I don't think so. Uh, and so it, it spills over in all these areas and, and yeah, I mean, realms. Think, think about the context in which Israel receives this command from God. They're not in a modern context where all they have to do for food is run down to the store. Right. right. Get right. That. It's like th- for them, if they don't work, they don't eat. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. So, I mean, this honestly practicing this day of rest was an act of faith yeah. mm-hmm. and trusting the Lord that he is the one who provides for their needs. Yeah. And they had to collect manna the day before. The extra, so it, they wouldn't have to collect it on the Sabbath, and they weren't you allowed know? to collect extra on the other days, exactly, because yeah. it would go bad. Yeah, give us this Lord our uh, this day our daily bread, bread. Mm-hmm. and so I mean I I think that's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of what's missing from the yeah. Sabbath of like you actually don't need that extra money. And again, and, before before yeah. we sound too pious, I'm, I don't want people to be like, oh, these are just pastors. You know, they want you in church all the time. Yes, I, I do. I do, but I but I want to point out this. We're talking about one day. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not talking about Wednesday nights. I'm not even necessarily talking about Sunday nights right now. We've been more focused on Sunday morning, but we have these other opportunities. And we as pastors have specifically talked numerous times together and agreed that the most important thing is Sunday morning worship. Like mm-hmm. if we're going to get everything else out of the way, we have to do Sunday morning worship. That is what we're called to do mm-hmm. as a church. The other stuff is extra. And I'm even Sunday school, that's extra. Sunday evening, extra. Any other activities throughout the week, extra. Youth camp, extra. VBS, extra. All these things are extra. Would we want people to be involved in those? Of course. Do we see a benefit to being involved in those? Yes, we wouldn't do it if we didn't. Mm-hmm. But, but we're talking about really right now focusing on like this one time, mm-hmm. a Sunday morning, between 10.30 and noon, let's say, where you can gather with your church family and worship God together and not coming in here, guns a-blazing, like rushing in here, okay, now I'm out, like <laughs> some focused time to do that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound that difficult. Mm-hmm. But again, we all struggle with it. I do right. too. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, think, I think too part of it is we, we, we revert back to the language of legal language. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that it was originally a gift. Yes. Yeah. It's that's, not that's that you it. have that's to it. do this. You get to do this. Yeah. And also Ferguson, I think points out in his thing about how it's, it's almost like fa- every day was father's day. And like the sev- like this rest day of the seventh day at creation should have been a day for Adam to enjoy being with his creator who had made him in love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God has done nothing wrong to Adam. And this was meant to be a special day for them to focus to not simply have to work on having dominion over everything else, but to simply fellowship with a fatherly God. And that's what corporate worship is supposed to be. It's a privilege that you get to come into his courts with Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. 
It's but not, it's I, not, yeah. a, it's, it shouldn't be. Remember John, his commandments are not burdensome to us. And so it's like, we should be doing these, but also it's, it's the thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's a gift. But our world has convinced us that rest is weak. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That rest is unproductive or rest is found in other things. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. And so yeah. we just don't, we don't believe that it seems like anymore. I know in a church setting, go, go sit with some pastors they are all going to discuss who's the busiest. Mm. They're not going to say it that way. Right. That's what they're going to brag about. Yeah. Man, I got three services on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I preached three times, and then we have this. And it, it is a brag fest, if I've ever heard one in my life, like embarrassingly. Mm-hmm. And to them, to most pastors, busyness equals effectiveness, mm-hmm. equals worthiness of their paycheck, I guess. Mm-hmm. That that's why the church is paying them to be busy, extra busy. And... Uh, Maybe I'm not the one to speak against that. I, I don't know, but I've been very conscious of that in my life. I don't want to come across as busy for the sake of sounding holy or whatever or righteous or whatever it might be or mm-hmm. worthy. You know, uh, I think we have different stages of life where we find things to be busier um, for sure. But it just seems like that's what the push is in the world. You know, right now, you know, know a lot of people and what do they brag about? How many sports their kids are in? Mm-hmm. You know, my kid's playing three sports right now. It's like, is that really good? Like, I know you're bragging about that, but is that what they should be doing? Like, they're on four softball teams. Why? <laughs> What's wrong with one softball team? You know, or, or whatever the case might be. But you just get into this way to where then I'm starting to think, well, maybe my kid should be on two. They're only on one. You know, maybe I'm doing a disservice to my child. I don't really love mm-hmm. them well because I'm not giving them these opportunities. You know, and it's like yeah. the world is tricking me. Mm-hmm. And to know how to care well for my child, which is some of it would be rest, you know, sure. being in church, yeah. being with a church family. And it's training. funny because I think a lot of times the same people, at least in my experience, those conversations about how busy and they take pride and how busy they are, how much they're doing. They, they seem to be the same people that also complain about how how tired they are. Oh, yeah. About how worn out they are, about mm-hmm. how difficult things are. Yeah. Their family life is not actually going that well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so oh, I've seen I've just, that you talk about pastors like that. I mean, I've seen that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Pastors who are extremely busy. It's like, how's your wife? Yeah. How's your kids doing? Yeah. How is your family? Mm-hmm. And they're almost always going to tell you, oh, it's going great. It's like, are they? I don't yeah. know how. Because you're yeah. never there, it sounds like. Have you actually asked your wife that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Does she well, feel safe, safe to be honest yeah, with you? Yeah, is she safe enough to say the truth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, as, as we talk about this, we think about this, and even as we were talking uh, earlier, but it's last week for people who are listening, about baptism and the Lord's Supper, I think that like the church's understanding of the Lord's Day or like Christians' understanding of the Lord's Day is one of the things that highlights like your how I think average Christians, your average ever, like non pastor Christians, have kind of lost the idea of the importance and the place of the church mm-hmm. in their lives. Why is my being part of a church important? What function does it play? What role does it play? Because again, when we're talking about the Lord's Day, we're not just talking about taking a weekly vacation mm-hmm. and break and relaxing by your pool. We're talking about taking time out of your week sacrificing other things to prioritize the thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of Christians have just lost that, maybe because we've lost an idea of the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll be honest. Um, I, you know, I, I, 
I'm not convinced. I said, maybe I said, I'm, 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 this issue is, is a tough, I think the bigger principles are much clearer than some of the specific applications because, um, and actually, by the way, um, we did it a Sunday school class here on the 10 commandments and Kevin DeYoung has a chapter on the fourth commandment, which is actually very good because he doesn't get, he, uh, avoids all of the little, you know, the questions like mowing grass, doing this or that, it go, but it goes to the bigger heart questions, the priority questions. I think it's, it's pretty good because we can disagree and, and Christians will disagree. Can we worship on other days of the week than the first day of the week? Could Christians do this theoretically, um, whatever, or, you know, uh, can I work, whatever. And there's, you know, I've, I've been around Christians that this is a big deal the first day of the week. And, and it is, they would probably say if you're working on the first day of the week, you are sinning uh, to various degrees. And so I've been around Christians that take the first day of the week very seriously. And then I've been around other Christians to where I don't think they've probably had, they've not been forced to think about it um, really. But the bigger issue, like what we've been talking about is uh, the priority of time and schedule Mm -hmm. and what do I value? Um, One of the things I I think I heard recently or, or I've, maybe it was the past few years or whatever, but uh, a lot of people no longer get their identity um, in a church. But one of the ways that a lot of people get, I find identity with other people is by following a common sports team. And there's almost a religious element to that because what happens is I go to all the games or I watch all of the games regularly and religiously. It's on my phone. I can follow the stats. Yeah, I can watch it. the highlights. They study it. They value it. They, they prepare. Fo- they, they prepare. They wear the clothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go and hang around with other people of the same team. Mm-hmm. And there's actually in our society become a very quasi-religious element yeah. to following a certain sports franchise or whatever. And I think though that shows, and but also one of the things that happens is is People find common ground and unity in following that. I almost think what's bigger than that now is politics. And politics can be that Could way. Be one too, yeah. It can mm-hmm. be that way, or mm-hmm. the you know the uh, the LGBTQ agenda. We have a whole month dedicated to pride. The point is, is that, and that's what Carl Truman earlier I was saying about what takes up space and time in a society shows what they mm-hmm. value. He was talking about Pride Month. If you dedicate a whole month to something, it's showing what you value, mm-hmm. and. Um, Similarly here, though, we're talking about whatever, all the specifics, but do you remember the Sabbath day? The primary thing is, do you believe the Lord is the Lord of your time? Do you trust him to take care of you, even if following him costs you something? And that may be simply being valuing public worship as best you can, because let's think about it. In the New Testament times, there were slaves and they probably had to work at other times. But I bet you many of those slaves they would come whenever they could at the best they could to come to corporate worship mm-hmm. on the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. And that may have been very early in the morning or it may have been very late at night, but they valued that. The question is, is do we see these things as valuable and necessary for our Christian life? Or do we see them as nice things that we can add on later on? You know, um, the, the being together and hearing God's word. Um, it really shows us what we really think about ourselves and about the church mm-hmm. and if whether or not we think we're self-sufficient. Yeah, you'd mentioned this as being, you know, a gift. And it really is. You know, you think of the gift that God has given you. Say this in the most legalistic way, I guess, if you want. But uh, the gift that God has given you is, I want you to take one day 
and come and hear preaching and singing right about me okay like you're forced to do this okay and then i want you to rest like i need you to rest so this is in- incorporated in it like a spiritual rest you're worshiping me but also i want you to have a time of of rest and so according to the law of moses it was rest from work so i'm forcing you to take a rest and like you said we sit there and say what like yesterday was sunday and all I wanted was for it to rain all day. <laughs> and I was frustrated because it didn't rain. But rain would have forced me to rest. I de- then I would have had this feeling that I didn't have to go outside and do something in the couple hours I was home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was looking for rain to be this blessing to me to say, I can't really go outside and do anything, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna relax inside. But really that's kind of what God's already giving <laughs> He's already <laughs> giving me that. Mm-hmm. You know? Like right. take take a rest. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I don't even know who I'm trying to impress. Right. It's not like I'm being forced to go outside and work. It's not like my kids are like, gosh, dad, you're just so lazy. Why don't you get outside and do something? Or my <laughs> wife, she's not doing that at all. Right. Mm-hmm. It's something else. It's, it's something in me that is causing this. Mm. And it's like, I'm looking for an excuse to receive the blessing of rest. When God's actually said, I'm ge- I've given you it. it did, take yeah. a day of rest. Well, and also I've heard it said before, the idea of rest and Sabbath actually doesn't have the idea. It's not simply like being idle, but it's no, work right. It's work of a different kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Israel was doing all the common work, so to speak, which was good work. But the seventh day was devoted to holy work because mm-hmm. they were not simply just to sit at home and not do anything. Mm-hmm. They were to go worship the Lord. There were extra sacrifices, I believe, on the seventh yeah, day of the week that yep. the priests had to do. So, and similarly, Jews today still go to synagogue on the seventh day of the week. So it was meant to be a worship day, a work of a different kind. Mm-hmm. And it was meant to be a time where you engage your mind. It, it, it actually is a declaration of freedom because you think about these slaves. They, their, their calendar in Egypt was determined by Pharaoh and what the pagan gods of Egypt determined their work schedule would be. Mm-hmm. And they may have not gotten any days off. And here's the Lord goes in and buys them through blood and says, now, every seventh day, I'm declaring all of you former slaves get a day off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of you get a free day off to be with me. Mm-hmm. I'm your redeemer. And on top of that, they got other special holidays, and right? Uh, Passover and Feast of First Fruits and so on. Um, but I just think it's something to consider about what does your calendar and your schedule say about your priorities and um, what you value. That's such a tough question. I mean, I know we're asking that kind of like nonchalant, but it's hard. Everybody, I think, who would answer that question is going to be in the wrong. You know what I mean? I mean, is going to find that they're sinning with that just because of the culture we're in. You know, we can look back at other cultures and be like, how are they so blatantly sinning in this way all the time? Like they don't even notice. They don't even care, whatever it might be. And I think that's definitely one for us is a full busy schedule with what? Like, what substance is there to it as well? Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's very busy and full, but again, full of what? Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, that's probably a big downfall of our society and the culture that we're in currently because we have it so easy. Like Scott said, I don't have to every day work so I can eat. I can go to the grocery store and buy food for a month. You know what I mean? I mean, I work to make money to be able to buy that food, but... I don't have to rely on, I'm not sitting there praying, God, just let some rain come so that my crops will grow, you know, or I'm going to go hunting now. Please bring an animal by. 
You know, I, I just don't have these worries and concerns that people of the past past did. And so now we fill our schedule with other concerns, so to speak, and they're just not very full of anything life-giving. Uh, and so I don't want people to think we ask that question in a nonchalant way. It's, mm-hmm. it's all of us. We, we all struggle with that. Yeah. I don't remember who said it. I mean, it might even been one of us that I heard said before that if you want to, if you want to live a truly radical life for the Lord in our day and age, commit to be at church every single week. Hmm. There's like nobody that does that anymore. It's true. But I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. Right. That's true. That's uh yeah. Going back to the old Testament, you know, you talk about Tim, but this was, this is an ancient problem. Isaiah 58, if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight in the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I think you can take that word Sabbath and apply it just more generically to public worship, whenever, however you see that done. Um, and if you value it and call it a delight, um, it should hurt to miss church. If, even if you have to, yeah, it should hurt and you should feel it and you should want to be there. Uh, if not, it shows, I think that we, we may be tempted to think that we can do uh, without God. And so I think just enjoying God, God's given mm-hmm. you this public worship, not simply because you need it, but for your enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So that you can take joy in him mm-hmm. and enjoy who he is and delight in him. I read that passage every Saturday night to Luke, my son, before before he goes to bed. Because I just want to ins- try to instill in my kids, this is important. You know, that we should call this day a delight. So that, because, you know, kids today, people growing up today, they, they don't think it's important because it's not been valued, you know. And so I think having a preparation mindset of we're preparing to, to worship the Lord and let's get our minds ready and, you know, without being like over the top. I, I mean, you can be very legalistic, of course, but just getting, you know, whether it's our kids or whoever, our families, just getting them thinking, this is a day of delight. Mm-hmm. This is manna for our soul. Right. And it sets right. the whole week, the tone of the whole week. You know? Yeah, it does. That's a good point. Yeah. Thank you, brother. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up on that. Um Thanks for listening. We'll continue on next week. I don't know what the next chapter is, but um, we'll talk about it. So, I can right. look real quick. You want me to? If you want to, you can. The Lord's Day was chapter 11. Chapter 12 is the kingdom. The kingdom. Okay. Yeah, we're on, we'll be on 12. 12 is a good number. Yeah. We're getting close to our 100th episode, too. That's going to be a big deal. What are we doing? Celebrate. <laughs> Celebrate. Get some pizza or something. Get some pizza. <laughs> Hey, pizza and pop. Pizza. Uh, They're gonna be like, I've had enough pizza. I've had enough pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, just because this you. is what ninety three. What we're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, this is number ninety three. Yeah, we'll see. Hold on. Eight. Ninety nine is cooperation. If we did this, hundred be the Christian in the social order. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that'd be a hundred. That's a powerful. That's gonna be a powerful episode. Yeah. Unless this is 101 and we do something special on 100. We I could. got some more spicy stuff we could eat. Scott? Just record us eating things. 
<laughs> oh, don't do that. I don't mean, we did that. it before. People, people have commented a lot people about the chicken. About the chicken. <laughs> Dave is freaking. Uh, out. <laughs> what about that fake meat stuff that Courtney? Did? Yeah, I need to do that. We need to do that sometime. Do, you know what we should do? We should all dress up like stale cracker. <laughs> that money, no. What? <laughs> Nothing. That's a yeah. that being Scott. That must thing. be an inside joke. Right you know now. how he feels about Presby cast? Yeah, that's how you would feel about. It. <laughs> no, you would love it. Yeah, I don't know. You would. You should love it. I don't. I think so too. But <laughs> yeah, I think you should like Presby cast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the cool kids are doing it. Oh, man. Drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got the paddle and everything. Yeah. I could probably find a mullet somewhere. Yeah. Glasses. Oh, yeah. I need to find one of them like little can belt things. <laughs> wow. All right. I better wrap this up. Yeah, this is going This on. better go. Okay. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless.